1: It's a term we don't hear too much about, but we'll focus in on anyway. Famine next on Times of Refreshing. The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Hi there, and welcome to Times of Refreshing. Our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, will take us back to the book of Amos. We're in chapter 8, as we take a look at a famine that God brings upon the land, but also a spiritual famine as well. You see, there's a dual meaning here that we're going to focus our time and attention on today. So please join us, again, from The Well, the Christian community in Livermore, California. Let's catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman in Amos chapter 8 for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing.
2: The title of my message is The Famine. And when you look at this, it's pretty interesting because obviously God is referencing the nation of Israel. But in the scripture, there's what they call the law, the double reference. And sometimes God is speaking to Israel, but he's also talking to He's talking to all of us. He's talking to the spiritual Israel as well. And he's addressing something that, that is going to come upon the land in, the end, in the, the end times. And I believe that this, especially now, is very, very important for us to understand. It says in verse 11, Amos chapter 8 verse 11. He says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God. That I will send a famine. Somebody said, say famine. He says, I will send a famine on the land. He said, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord. But shall not find it. But shall not find it. He says in verse 11. Behold the days are coming. He's prophesying this. Says the Lord God. That I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread. Nor of thirst for water. But of hearing. The words of the Lord. You know there's great danger. In. In uh, rejecting. The word of God. Rejecting the word of the Lord, rejecting the Bible, rejecting scripture, rejecting God's standard, rejecting God's mind, his perspective, his will, his ways. There's danger in doing this because uh, when you read the Bible, it's clear that if you continually do this, then God will shut things off to you. God will give us opportunity, but always remember this. The opportunity is not, opportunities do not last forever. God has for every single one of us a cutoff point. For every nation, for every kingdom, for every society. If you just go through history, and I love studying history, whether it's biblical history or just the history of the world or whatever, you'll, you'll find these patterns with God. If you continue to resist God... He said in his word, his spirit will not always strive with man. He's not going to keep on wrestling with you forever. At some point in time, he gives you over to what you want. And so it's important for us that we become good hearers. And a good hearer is, is someone that not only just hears, but applies that which God is speaking to their lives. So we want a hearing is tied. He said... He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. What he's saying is, is he who has an ear, ear, let him hear with the intent of obedience. So we want to hear with the intent of obeying what God has to say. And so it's very clear here that God says that it's not going to be a famine of bread and of, of water. He said it's a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. The hearing is off. People's hearing is off. And then once we get to a place where our hearing becomes truly off. When people want to try to hear the word of God. God moves on. And this is a problem. We have to make sure that we develop a good ear. That we hear with the intent of obedience. Because God has a timetable for all of us. And he says it very clearly here. He said the famine is not of Water and bread. People reject God's standard. Reject God's rule. Reject God's authority. Reject God's ways. God says that's enough. That's enough. And this is exactly what we see happening in this passage of Scripture. And I think that it's exactly what we see happening in its beginning stages here within even our country and what we see going on in the world people have we people have they, they want to kick god out of everything take him out of the schools take him out of the government take him out of this take him out of the homes people have developed a hatred and a and a just a disdain for the bible they don't want to hear it. a lot of people don't want to hear it they don't want to hear god's ways And, and, and people are, and it's not, I don't want to say this is a worldwide epidemic, but the rumbling is getting worse and worse and worse because, because here, this book, the thing about this book that is so amazing, this book will tell you about your past, your present, and your future. This book is a mirror, and oftentimes people don't want to see themselves correctly, and so there's a lot of blessing in here, but God exposes us through His Word. And ultimately, He washes us through His Word. Well, a lot of times people choose darkness rather than light. And so what we have to do is make sure that we're constantly contending as a church to fight for our love and passion for God's Word and for the Scripture. And, and with so many things Uh, you know, bombarding us and so many distractions in life, it's easy to get away from this. And our job is to fight, to maintain our love for God's word, our love for the truth, our love for for the standard that God has set and not allow the world to declare to us what the standard is. We allow the word of God to declare to us what the standard is. And this book has never been designed to conform to the culture. Our job is to conform to it. God's revealing his kingdom and the kingdom culture through the scripture. We have to embrace it and love it and embrace all aspects of it. Or else if we continue to reject it, the Bible says there's going to be a famine of hearing the word of God. And I see this happening. And we have to make sure that we're, we're sensitive about it. Amen. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 1 on down to 5. Now the apostle Paul. He begins to address this same issue. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 to 5. It says here in verse 1. Apostle Paul tells Timothy this. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He said, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come. Somebody say, will come. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Somebody say sound doctrine. This is important. Sound doctrine, that which is whole. That's which brings healing and wholeness to people. Sound doctrine, complete doctrine. He says, the time will come when, when people will not endure sound, whole, wholesome, complete He says, doctrine. They won't put up with it. They won't endure it. I don't want to sin under that. I don't want to hear that. And I preach on this often because this is one of the biggest tools that the devil uses against the church. He gets us complacent. He gets us away from our nourishment. He gets us away from that that which will bring us healing and prosperity and blessing in our lives he tries to get us away from reading the bible he doesn't mind, he doesn't mind you going to a conference he doesn't mind you traveling and and going to a an event over here but what he does mind is you and i on a day-to-day basis taking our bibles and reading them now let me say this because th- this this also needs to be said you know i'm i'm my i'm God has called me and the elders of this church to shepherd this church we're shepherds. Now, our job is to help to guard and to guide and to lead people to to pastures where they can they can find good food. But my job isn't to feed you I'm not listen have you ever seen a shepherd take? the sheep out and start putting the grass in their mouth? You don't see them. Okay, now take this, take this. No. My job is to lead you to pastures where there's good food. And it's your job to what? To, to feed yourself. Can I have an amen? And so when I hear people say, well, I don't, I, I, I'm not, I don't like going to that church over there or that church or this church or where because I'm not getting fed. Well, I said that's your problem. You better, you better pick up your Bible and start eating. Can I have an amen? You, and and, and it's, it's your job to feed yourself. You're not going to be able to stand before Jesus and say, well, he didn't feed me. There's no way. You, you're not. Let you're not, uh, I me mean, not. I'm not even going to say it. But listen, we, we, we got to realize that it's our personal responsibility before God to pick up our Bibles on a day-to-day basis and feed ourselves. When the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt. God provided manna. Every family had the responsibility to go out on a day-to-day basis. And go out and pick up their manna for that day. If they didn't pick it up, they didn't eat. And if they tried to save it for the next day, it would start rotten. So he's trying to teach us a principle, y'all, that every day you got to get up. It wasn't Moses' job. He was the shepherd. I'm leading y'all. This is what God said to eat. Eat it. And then they had to go out every day and get that manna. And so it's a principle. We have to understand that for all of us, we have to take personal responsibility to, to eat that which is sound that which is whole and our job as a church is to help us help the church to find out what is whole and what's sound and go through that process but saints we have to see it as an individual issue that there are people right now that do not want sound doctrine he said the time will come and the time is now when people will not endure sound doctrine Wholesome teaching, a balanced presentation, that's something that's going to help us on all fronts. We just had an elder meeting this morning, and me and the elders were talking. We had a great time. We were talking about how one of our primary, responsibility is, is, our primary responsibilities is to help people to get their lives together. Not just teach them how to prophesy. Come on. Come on. Not just teach them how to cast out devils. And how to sing good on the worship team, and how to, you know, preach. Our primary responsibility how can we help people get their lives together so that when they go home, there's peace? Ooh. Can I have an amen? When you walk in the door and, and, you, and you got peace in your house, you could sit back and just enjoy your life and you're not, you're, not, you're not stressing about this and that and got this going on and this out of order and that out of order and, and you can't enjoy yourself. What, what happens is to help people so they become whole. They become sound. And then they cast out devils and they heal the sick and they walk on water and they fly to the moon and come back. But... But my house is tight. My marriage is tight. My kids. My finances. My health. My, everything about my life that God is making me whole. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in here? This is what we want. And, we're gonna, and yeah, we're going to go and we're going to travel over here and preach. And we're going to travel over there and preach. But what are you coming back to? So, so this is the stuff that me and the elders are talking about. And so, what happens is we look at this because sound doctrine makes people whole. He says, But the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap them for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill, he says, your ministry. People have gotten to the place where they just want to hear what they want to hear instead of hearing that which is right. We have to get back to understanding that it doesn't matter how the message makes you feel. What matters is, is it the truth? Because the truth is what's going to... Set us free, amen? It's going to make us free. We need the truth of God's Word. And 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 I, trust me, I hear messages that, that are very convicting. I've learned in my years walking with the Lord now, all these years, I've learned that if I'm getting convicted, it's because God is trying to help me. And that is a good thing. And if it takes God six months to get the message across to me, then praise God, I'm going to sit in the furnace until he, he drowns out and burns away all dross in my life. Can I have an amen and just keep on bringing it because I need it and it's going to help me to grow. And when we stop feeling the conviction, that is a sign that we have lost sonship and we are illegitimate because every child that God receives, He's gonna you're going to get some scourging, amen, and he's going to chasten every child. But it's a good, healthy thing. It's a thing that we have to embrace. Praise God, I got convicted today. Praise God, I got convicted. I'm about to go do some house cleaning. What you, what you about to do? Well, you know what? <laughs> Woo, he got me today. That preacher, God used him. Got me right between the eyes. Pow! But I'm going home to do some home cleaning right now. Can I have an Amen. Woe be it to any person that can sit in the house of God, know you're wrong, hear a message that's telling you the wrong, and then shout as if you don't know you're wrong, and then go off and keep living wrong and don't feel any conviction. Woe to any person in the church that can live that cannot have an amen. I want to feel it. God changed my life, convict me, and help me to become better. Amen. But. People are gathering teachers that just tell them what they want to hear. And their hearing has become dull. And their hearing has become off. And then when they turn around and want to change, what happens is they've so rejected the truth that now they, they've been turned aside to fables. And then people end up living this life full of hypocrisy. He says, they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. The famine is set in. He says, but you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. He says, fulfill your ministry. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and let's look at verse 16 to 17. We have to fight to maintain our love for God's word so we do not get. Swept into the famine. Look what he says here in verse 14. He says, but you must continue in these things which you have learned and been assured of. Knowing from whom you have learned them. He says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Knowing from whom you have learned them. What you learn is not more important than who you learn from. There has to be a healthy balance there. He said, the things that you've learned and have been assured of, he says, hold on, these things. He says, knowing from whom you've learned them. And so we want to make sure that we're also conscious of the people that we're listening to, not just what's being said. Every person that you're listening to, they carry an anointing, they carry a spirit, they carry, they carry, they're also carriers of some. We want people that are anointed, that have been ordained, that have been battle tested, where you can look at their life and see this person is committed to the cause of Christ. That they're passionate about the Lord. That it's not about them. It's not about self-promotion. It's about God's kingdom and God's will being revealed in, in a person's life. Who you learn from is just as important as what you're learning. And that's important. You know, because, and who you let lay hands on you is important. Who you let speak into your life. Don't just give anybody access to your life. My life is valuable to me. My life is important. I'm just not going to let anybody speak it to me. I don't know you. Let me check you out. Like Pastor James Davis used to tell us all the time. He'd tell me and Elder Kenyon and, and the brother. And he said, listen, don't be just like a little chicken that just opens its mouth and whatever the, the bird puts into its mouth, they eat it. Before we start shouting, i got to hear what you got to say. And I want to see your lifestyle. Because a lot of people can move the crowd, but then they leave church and go cheat on their spouse. Can I preach it this morning? A lot of people can sing the songs. Worship leaders too. They can move the crowd. But then they really move in the crowd after the service in the hotel room. We're going to expose these demons this morning. Can I have an amen? We're going to expose these demons this morning. Because that's a problem. So, So who you learn from is just as important as what you're learning. I want to know. And we have to understand that this is important for the body of Christ. Check people out. Don't just rush into stuff. Check people out. I want to do some Google them. You better ask somebody. Find something out. Look what he says. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you learned them. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Look what he says in verse 16, y'all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Somebody say profitable. He says, Is it profitable for doctrine? This Bible is profitable for doctrine. This creates a system of thought within the church and within your mind. It helps to create stability. This is what we have church doctrine here, here. We have our central doctrines. We have those things that are foundational that we stand on as a congregation. Other stuff. It's not salvation issues. Other stuff is more traditional stuff that we don't really, you know, we don't get into fights over that type of stuff. Some churches, they believe that all the ushers should wear white gloves. We don't. Praise them anyhow. Some churches believe that if, you, if you're a, a, a woman and you come into church and you don't have a dress on, that you're not holy. Well, we don't believe that here. Because there's nowhere in the Bible that says that a woman can't wear pantaloons that's pants right amen you're not more holy you're not more holy because you got a dress on and she got pants on now just make sure that your pants you know they're not too tight you know you want to consider other people amen we don't want to go too far you know if i came up in here in a muscle shirt y'all be looking at me sideways so you want to dress modestly, amen? Isn't that what the Scripture says? So we understand that, but that doesn't mean that, that, that a church is wrong. But the, the essential doctrine, the Godhead, who Jesus is, the relationship the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all these other things, those are things that we that we we have a doctrinal statement of faith on, so that it's very clear what our position is. And the scripture is, is our point of reference, not our personal experiences. We use the Bible to forge that because the scripture is profitable for doctrine.